Welcome to the Vital Conversations podcast. We are broadcasting from the intersection of Christian faith and society. This podcast aims to inform and motivate people of faith on issues of social justice and concern. I'm your host, Jared Cunningham. Let's get started. Part 1. What Worship Means to Me. All right, so I figured I'd take a quick moment and kind of vocalize some of my thoughts and kind of talk about things in terms of how I lead worship over at Citrus Church. About two years ago, I had the opportunity to do a worship service with a few friends called Evensong. And the idea was kind of this mixture of the contemporary as well as the traditional in the sense, especially music wise. But we kind of plan was to keep things to an hour and it was a mixture of you know hymns as well as contemporary music we do everything from how deep the father's love i am set free this is amazing grace uh the version of doxology that i do at citrus is actually their version that we did back at evensong and it was kind of that mixture where we wanted something to be there for everyone we basically the layout of the service was kind of a call to worship and a quick prayer maybe a scripture we do about three songs go into the sermon from the sermon we do communion from communion into offertory where we play a song and we'd end on a song with everyone just singing out together and we held that service at about i want to say 6 30 at night which is you know not bad during the summer because it's still a lot of daylight out but it was like kind of cool during the holidays or not the holidays but during the falling kind of earlier on january february when it's still kind of dark outside around 6 30 but Kind of a day of an even song day, I'll call it, was kind of showing up to First Winter Garden at eight o'clock in the morning. And then from there, we I'd play their nine o'clock service after their nine o'clock service. Take all my stuff, throw it in the Majeep, drive over to Okoe Oaks, kind of plug things up and get ready for their 11 o'clock service. Play through that, then head out to lunch, wherever that might be. That one spot, uh, Wendy's, who cares? And then from there, we'd head back to Okoe Oaks and we'd do their youth service or their youth uh, rehearsal you know, was as it was. And they didn't have a bass player, so I helped out in that sense. So we do that rehearsal and then we'd head back to First United Methodist for even song to kind of rehearse and get ready for that service by 630. As you can tell, long day, long day, lots of long days. Why we thought this was a good idea. Don't know, but we loved it anyway. But kind of thing that I like, again, kind of thing that I liked about doing even song was it was a mix and it was more intimate in that chapel. I think the max capacity was probably around 40, maybe 45 people. And I think our first month we maxed out on space, but it was nice to kind of have a break from the noise, less instrumentations. It was only two people singing and two guitars and we'd maybe trade a guitar solo here and there. But other than that, it was just straight out playing and straight ahead worship nothing fancy and we put lyrics on the screen or well not on the screen on the wall but kind of a simple service and I kind of meshed with me because I like to keep things simple I feel like if you get too you know overboard with everything you kind of lose the message and you lose focus and kind of the bigger picture for me is in terms of worship and in terms of worship leading I think about them in the same way 
is worship is just a way of filtering out the noise that's going on in your life so that you can focus in more onto what God is saying in your life. And one of the best ways, you know, we kind of filter out noise is through music. You're trying to study for the exam, put on your headphones, music. Trying to get some work done, put on music. Working around the house, put on music. Music's just kind of one of those ways that we're able to focus in on whatever we're trying to do. And in a worship sense, worship music, we're able to hone in on what God's doing in our lives. Part two, the heart of worship. Hi, my name is Jared Cunningham. I'm the worship leader for Sisters Church, and I am joined by a very special guest. Amy, and I don't have a fancy title, so we'll go with worship volunteer. We just finished a series called Asking for a Friend. And, you know, I don't have this question because, you know, worship leader. But I have a friend mm-hmm. who has questions about why we worship. So I figured I'd take the time to answer his question because I don't have that question. And I know you don't have those questions. Right. But for my friend, we're going to answer those questions. And if you've probably noticed by now, the title of this podcast is The Heart of Worship because I feel that really summarizes what we're trying to get at. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things we can take the time to describe what worship truly is, why do we gather as a church, all those lovely parts of it. But I think there's more of a core understanding of worship that we need to cover first. Mm-hmm. When Brian was talking about generosity, he referenced a verse. He did, yeah. Kind of made us both sit up and look at each other like, ooh, that's that kind of speaks to why we worship. Um, and the verse came from Exodus 25, and it's verse 8. Um, and it's just, they should make me a sanctuary so I can be present among them. And it was that whole list of things that they were supposed to be doing, the early church kind of bringing together, you know, pieces of tents and gemstones. I mean, they listed everything that they would need. And the point of it was that they were making a sanctuary, and the purpose of the sanctuary was that God could be present with them. So I think to to simplify the answer, it's just why do we worship? It's because we're called to. There's a lot of verses that mention worship or tell us that we should worship, and that's all well and good. And that's a pretty long rabbit hole to go down. It is, but we kind of said, okay, take that a step further. Yeah, so we're told to do it, but why? And I think that's what we were kind of trying to answer tonight. So other than we're supposed to do it, what are the kind of the other reasons, you know, why we worship? Well, With kind of looking into it for a friend to make sure I give him the right answers Mm -hmm. and looking at it, like you said, the Bible says we're supposed to, we can pull up a lot of verses about why we worship, why we're supposed to praise. We're called to praise. This is why we do it. But it goes a step further. And when you think about God and Jesus and what he's done for us, it makes sense that we should kind of going from a say unchristian view this being sent his son to die for me and forgive me of my sins when I wasn't even around yet. Mm -hmm. Also, this same being is the one who created the universe. But when you take that a step further, it sounds kind of weird because this being that created the universe and sent his son to die for me and is all powerful and omnipotent wants me to tell him how good he is. That seems kind of weird. Sounds kind of odd. Yeah. But, I feel like God already answered that question and he knew we would have those kind of questions because when you really think about worship 
and you think about any points in your life where you've had a deep encounter with God, in the act of worshiping God, we feel his presence and we're drawn closer to him. Right. So again, simply put, um, we're called to worship, and that's because we can then cultivate a space where we meet with God one-on-one. We have the opportunity to kind of build that relationship with him, experience his presence. Um, And for me, at least, I think that's, you know, the whole worship service is everything from the time we get there and then when we do our call to worship, um, I said air quotes, you can't see those, but call to worship, um, we speak that together as a congregation. There's opportunity for prayer. There's time for, for silent reflection. We listen to a message being brought to us. And then the part that we're most involved in is the music. And for me, I think all those different parts of worship exist because it gives different people the opportunity to kind of use whatever works best for them to draw closer to God. For for me, it's always been the music part of it because it's not something that I have to think about as much. The melody's already there. The lyrics are in front of me. And for the time that I pay attention and get the lyrics correct, I don't have to think about what to say. I just get to think about how it feels to say it. Do I feel God's presence there? And for me, the answer is yes. And I think the reason we worship and the reason we set aside this time is because we would get busy otherwise. And I like that God calls us to a relationship with him. And he calls us that calls us to that a lot of different ways. But Sunday morning worship service is a specific time that we can set aside. I don't know where I was going with that. You went to a good place, though. <laughs> I, was, I would say you went to a good place, though. Yeah. But to piggyback kind of off pull of that it a back bit, in, yeah. piggyback off that a bit, when we worship, and it goes a step further than just our Sunday service. Sure. Because like you said, in every part of our Sunday service, there's a part that reaches out to different people. Mm-hmm. It might be the music for some. It might be the scripture for some. It might be the prayer for others. It might be those moments of silence. God has his way of reaching out to us however he needs to reach. Mm -hmm. Any act of worship throughout the week, God might still speak to us then. Mm -hmm. The overarching theme is that God knows how he wants to reach us, and he knows the way that's going to reach us. For a lot of us, that might be music, because lyrically there might be something in the words that kind of speaks to us. Right. For some of us, that might be prayer, because we've been looking or searching for something that God answers and he speaks to you and he what I was taught in school was God has three answers yes no or wait Mm -hmm. and those might be the times where you hear those things so like you said music's kind of the place where you feel that presence of God you feel closest to God was there maybe an example a moment in time maybe a worship service you went to worship concert or one point where you can fully remember being in the presence of God there was, um, like I said, I, I grew up in church, so a lot of these things were just routine for me. And I think sometimes when you get pulled out of that routine is where it gives you the opportunity to kind of have a more authentic experience. I remember being a youth and going to like camp every summer or some summers, and there would be times where they just have these really powerful worship services, and it would just be 
a bunch of kids that had kind of gotten to know each other over the week talking about God and, and other things that teenagers talk about. And I can remember a few specific times um, just being in the moment um, where all the rest of the world fell away and just knowing that my relationship with God was something that was worthy in my life because I just felt a great sense of peace. And then for a while I kind of wasn't involved in church and then coming back again, sometimes hearing some of these either older worship songs or again with me, it's always the hymns. It's always the hymns. Um, where it takes me back to a time when church was more regular in my life and it reminds me of why that's always been important. Um, so I think sometimes it's just now I can pull from memories from way back when and those those same feelings that you felt at a time when maybe life was a little simpler and being kind of brought back to that through songs or through um, familiar words those moments kind of always take me by surprise where, you know, you're singing a song, maybe you've sung hundreds of times before, but all of a sudden something about it clicks now. And I don't know if that's just through life experience, but that's been recently where sometimes it just catches you and it takes you back to something where you felt more of a, a peace. And I guess that would be the work of the Holy Spirit because peace certainly does not come from my own self. No, it. it I wish it did. Solve a whole lot of problems, but for myself, at least, I've come. I've been involved in playing guitar in worship since I guess 2012. 2011 was when I joined when I joined the high school praise team. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't you're make in, anyone feel old to hear you say that. Well, I'm 24. <laughs> I'm a kid. I know. I noticed that. While playing, I can kind of get into that presence and I feel the presence to where I know I'm playing the guitar, but I feel like I'm not. And I'm in that point where I can commune with God. And that's something I always strive to feel. And in high school, I wasn't paying attention to songs as well. Mm -hmm. I just cared about guitar parts because Guns N' Roses. But after high school, I started paying more attention to lyrics Mm -hmm. And I found that in worship songs, there's just those ones that stick out to you. And I'm always a fan of simple ones. So two of the standouts for me, number one is a hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, because I just love that one. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the first ones I taught myself to play on the piano. But I love the lines of that, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, All Our Sins and Griefs to Bear, and What a Privilege to Carry Everything to God in Prayer. I love that. Yeah. And another one that's been very big for me as of late is Called Me Higher. Because I feel like sometimes the Christian faith, it can get a little overcomplicated. Sometimes it can feel overcomplicated, I should say. Mm -hmm. Especially when we dive into the Bible, we go through the book of Genesis, we go through Exodus. We just did the series on greatest hits of the Old Testament, where we're trying to make sense of the God of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. When the God of the New Testament tells us to love God and love one another. And then most of the New Testament is letters from one guy to other people. And a lot of that gets complicated, but I love the message of called me higher where it's simply, I'm supposed to live my life, but you have called me higher and you've called me to do more for your purpose and for your good. Yeah. So that's one of, especially when we do that song, that's where I usually feel the presence because I'm reminded of what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. There are definitely certain songs over others that speak to me. And a lot of it, of course, has to kind of do with, you know, what, 
what I'm maybe going through that week, just like with anybody. Picking out a couple of songs could be difficult. Those two are are definitely up there on the list, but I can always tell when there's a song that is resonating with what I'm going through in life in that moment because you stop singing and you leave me all alone to sing the lyrics myself. I, I well yeah, I may mess up the words, but more often than that, I I've never been the close my eyes and raise my hands type just just mostly honestly because when I grew up doing music in church, I was either holding an instrument, playing an instrument or holding a hymnal. So those things don't feel natural. I never really know what to do with my hands. Um but I find myself closing my eyes more now. And a lot of that just came from nerves at the beginning of doing this because I didn't have to look at anybody. And that kind of helped me feel more comfortable since really singing in front of a congregation was new for me. Um, But I find now that if I'm really into a song and I close my eyes, I move a lot. So I'll open up my eyes and I'll realize that I'm like, not anywhere close to the microphone anymore. So that's one of those things where with leading worship, it was kind of finding the balance between still having an authentic worship experience for myself, but then making sure that that translated and allowed other people to kind of join in, which is kind of why why I like what we do, because it's a very stripped down version of what I've seen other churches do. And not that there's anything wrong with the different ways people worship. I just have found what's comfortable for me here at Citrus. Um, Maybe sometimes that stripped down version is scary because if you actually sing out, you hear yourself where sometimes maybe you could kind of be drowned out by a loud organ. But I think that with why we worship, that question has been more on my mind since doing this than ever before. Just because, like I said, trying to find that balance of being authentic between what's a real worship experience for me and am I helping to allow for that space with other people. So to reiterate, the reason we worship is because in the act of worshiping, we are drawn closer to God. And whether it's through music, through prayer, through any means, when we're drawn closer to God, we can hear kind of what he has in store for our lives, what he's trying to do in our lives. And we have that time to communicate with God. 